In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time a prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. To begin this time of prayer, Lord, with you on this wonderful feast day, this wonderful celebration of your birth, we can read from the Gospel of Luke, that simple but illuminating account of this event, Lord, of your birth into the world from your mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now it happened in those days that a decree was issued by the Emperor Augustus that a census should be taken of the whole empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was presiding over Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he belonged to the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, who was espoused to him and was pregnant. And it came to pass while they were there that the full time for her delivery arrived, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Bethlehem, Lord, just the sound of that town, the name of the town of your birth, fills us with joy, fills us with peace. Lord, you were born on this day, today, Christmas Day, in Bethlehem. I had the great privilege and honor and blessing, really, of being able to visit the Holy Land a number of years ago, in the summer of 2017. And when you go to Bethlehem, there's a basilica there, the Basilica of the Nativity of Our Lord. And it's built over the spot that is traditionally taken to be the very cave, the very shelter, which was used as a stable in those days, where Our Lord was born. And so you go, you go down under the church, under the Basilica of the Nativity, into this grotto, and there's an altar there, and you can you can duck under the altar and put your hand through the through the stone and marble floor and touch the ground, touch the very ground in which, according to, to tradition, Jesus was born. This tradition really dates back very far. St. Jerome, in the 4th century, moved to the Holy Land to know everything he could about Jesus, about the Gospels. And while he was there, he went to Bethlehem and he asked people, well, where did this happen? Where did the birth of Christ take place? And they pointed out to him this one cave, this one specific place where Christians from the very first decades of, of Christianity, probably taught by Our Lady, where they had held that this was the spot, this was where Mary gave birth to you, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, on that first Christmas. There's a Catholic church right next to the the Basilica of the Nativity, 
which has an underground chapel, which is called the Church of St. Jerome. And it's called the Church of St. Jerome, or the the Chapel of St. Jerome, because it's the cave in which Jerome stayed during his stay in the Holy Land, especially during his stay in Bethlehem. And it's a cave right next to the cave or the, the shelter of the Nativity. And so it was a wonderful experience. I got to say Mass there for the group of college students that I was visiting the Holy Land with on this pilgrimage. And in the in those churches in Bethlehem, when you go to the, the Basilica or you go to the adjacent Catholic Church, they only let you say Christmas Mass, no matter what time of year it is, except perhaps on the, on the very big feast days. But if you're there on any other day, on any ordinary day of the year, you have to say Christmas Mass. It's the only text they have out for the Mass. And so I remember very clearly, it was July 25th. It was hot outside. And we were in the stable. We were, we were right next to the place where Jesus was born. And we celebrated Christmas Mass and we sang Christmas carols. And it was July 25th, five months before Christmas. And it was so beautiful. We were all moved to bring Jesus, to bring you, Lord, down in the Eucharist, to bring you, Lord, down once again into that humble place where you were born. It came to pass while they were there that the full time for her delivery arrived. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Lord, more than anything, we want to use this time of Christmas to enter into this scene, to be another character in this scene. And perhaps we can each make up our own way of getting to Bethlehem to decide what character we want to be, to decide what our story is, how we got there. Perhaps we come in with the shepherds who are alerted by the angels. St. Josemaria liked to picture himself as a character called Joseph's little helper. Perhaps a little boy from Nazareth who loved St. Joseph and who was working in his workshop with him and decided to take the trip. Perhaps we can be Mary's cousin who decided to come along for the journey. Maybe even if we're humbler and we want to take a break from thinking, a break from our human worries and just be there and just see the child. We can even be one of the animals, the donkey or the the ox who's there in the stable. The important thing, Lord, for us is to be there, to come upon the scene, the scene of the manger, the scene of the cave, of the stable to enter into it. And it helps us to remember that nighttime was especially dark in the ancient world. They were clearly on the outskirts of the city. And this is, of course, way before electricity, way before gas lamps. And so the stable was enveloped in darkness. And so when we enter it, we find Mary and Joseph and the child you, Lord, the baby Jesus, close to the fire, close to each other, 
One of Joseph's occupations that night was probably to keep that fire lit. And he would have to go out once or twice through the night to gather some more wood, some more brush for the fire. Maybe we can volunteer to do that for him in our prayer. To volunteer to serve our Lord in some small way when he's most vulnerable, when he's most dependent on others, in this child, in the baby. Many of the saints like to imagine that it was a cold night, that our Lord needed that fire for warmth. And so it's a low-lit scene. Our eyes have to get adjusted to seeing in the dark, to seeing in the firelight. We have to get physically close to Our Lady and St. Joseph, to see them clearly, to see what's happening. We get close to them to gaze upon the child in the manger. We get close to them to stay warm ourselves. We see Our Lady pick him up and hold him. We notice the swaddling clothes that he's wrapped in, clothes that she must have brought from Nazareth, ready for our Lord's arrival. And we've all sat around, perhaps a campfire, at least a fireplace, at some point in our lives. And if there's a lower light in the room, if it's a dark room, that open fire gives off a a lively light. It casts shadows. It undulates in the amount of light that it gives off. It flickers. And so we can see the face of our Lord, your infant face, Jesus, in the flickering light. Lord, help me to enter into this beautiful mystery, this wonder of your birth. There are so many things we can physically look at in our imagination and our mind's eye. So many things we can easily imagine. We can touch the swaddling clothes as Our Lady is so kind and generous and trusting that she hands the baby to us to hold. We can feel the child's skin as we hold him. We can feel the warmth of the fire. We can smell its smoke. We can hear the oxen and the donkey shuffling in the straw. Lord, I can listen in on Mary and Joseph as they talk to each other, whispering so as not to disturb the sleeping child. And Joseph would say to Mary, Are you okay? Do you need anything? And Mary would answer, I'm fine. Don't worry. Get some sleep. It's been a long journey. Get some sleep, Joseph. And Joseph would refuse. He would watch over her that night, vigilant, guarding her, guarding his treasures in in the world, his wife and his new child. And at times, Mary would be holding our Lord in her arms and and, and she would gesture to Joseph and and to the child, and just just marvel, perhaps asking him, isn't he wonderful, Joseph? Isn't he wonderful? The first person she brought closer to God by holding the child in her arms, as she's brought so many of us close to God through these beautiful images we have in the history of the church, images of Our Lady holding the child in her arms, the first person ever moved by that that image, Madonna and child, the virgin and child, mother and child. The first person struck by that, brought closer to God through that, 
was this wonderful man, this great saint, St. Joseph, whose year we're in. Pope Francis has declared this, of course, the year of St. Joseph. What a wonderful opportunity for us to learn from Joseph. What a great mystery, Lord. Invisible in yourself, invisible in your divinity, and yet you become physically visible. And like anything else that's visible in this world, we need light. We need light to see you in your humanity. We need that fire that St. Joseph started in that cave. A small fire in the stable gives us light to see the light of the world. The eternal light of the Word of God is now illuminated by a few logs and some kindling. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, Isaiah prophesizes centuries before. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom. A light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. Isaiah reminds us that this light, this light that has come into the world, our Lord on Christmas, is a light that brings us great joy. It's the joy, Lord, of your presence among us. It's the joy of our salvation. It's the joy of the fact that you have not forgotten any of us, Lord. You haven't left us in the darkness. You haven't left us in the land of gloom that Isaiah talks about. Lord, help us to experience this year in a special way the joy of being close to you, the joy of being loved by you, the joy of being approached by you, and the joy of loving you back. We all know that that this time of year is so joyful for children, especially. We all have memories, perhaps, of the anticipation of Christmas Eve and Christmas morning and the wonder of the gifts and the tree and and the happiness of the adults and and the good food and seeing all our families and family and, and some close friends during those days. The joy of Christmas. I remember once I was at the barber and he was telling me of uh, of a boy who had come by and these were the days just before Christmas and the boy was there with his mother getting haircut and the barber asked the boy you know what what did you ask for Christmas this year and what did you ask for and he said the boy almost got physically excited and started you know shaking a little bit in the chair and he, and he stammered out, I'll just tell you one, because if I get started, I'll never stop. And so they laughed, and the mother, and the mother laughed. But Lord, help our joy to be deeper, help our joy to be more real, not just about the gifts, not just about the good food, not just about the visits. And in this year, Lord, when perhaps for many of us, there'll be less people around and less gifts and less visits because because of the situation of of the pandemic because of restrictions on our gatherings because of fear of spreading spreading this virus perhaps lord this is an opportunity for us to find more the joy of christmas precisely in you precisely in prayer precisely by letting our lord be more real to us spending more time in prayer holding him telling him things 
doing him kind services, being present in that stable with him and Mary and Joseph, praying for the people that were missing there at his feet, bringing those problems to Our Lady and letting her bring our Lord to us as she brought him to Joseph and said, here, Joseph, you hold him for a while. You take care of him. Lord, we wish you a happy birthday and we remember that you yourself identified yourself precisely with light. Jesus spoke to them saying, we read in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He who follows me will have the light of life. Just as the light of the fire illuminated the stable, the light of our Lord needs to illuminate our very life. In Lumen Tum Videbumus Lumen, we read in the Psalms, In your light, O Lord, we see the light. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And Lord, our, our, our world needs light. Our world needs the light that is you. We need a great light, Lord, to see things more clearly again. There are so many forms of darkness, Lord, as you well know, because you know everything and you love us. There are so many forms of darkness, Lord, in our world today, in our society, in our politics, in our culture, in our families, in our, in our personal lives, in our souls, Lord. So many forms of darkness, so much suffering, so much disappointment. We need a great light, Lord. We need you. To see things more clearly, we need the hope that light brings. Light lights up the way in front of us. Light lights up the possibilities of a better future. It shows us where to go and where we are going, where we should go. And with faith in you, Lord, who are the light of life, we can always see the way in front of us clearly, the way of your will, the way of your plan for us, the way of your own ideals to make our own. With our Lord, there's always a future, there's always a way. And we can always see it. Because you, Lord, who say that I am the light of life, also say I am the way and the truth and the life. And so, Lord Jesus, you help us to walk this path, this path of a Christian in the middle of the world. Confident, confident, Lord, that you will reward us abundantly if we trust in you, if we struggle to see your will and to do it, if we trust you enough, Lord, and push ourselves to live charity, forgetting about ourselves, serving those around us, serving you by serving them. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. Light lets us see, and light also wakes us up. Maybe over these next few days, we have some days off from work, and perhaps at times we've had the experience that we will perhaps have it again of wanting to sleep in, wanting to sleep a little longer. But we're woken up by the dawn. We're woken up by the light breaking in to our room from from the sun. 
It's an image of Jesus, an image of God. Well, Lord, let your coming into the world this Christmas wake me up. Let your coming, Lord, into the world and into my soul wake me up, just as I would wake up if if someone came into my room in the morning and turned the lights on, or if the sun came up and my, my blinds were not drawn. Help me to wake up, Lord, to you, to you, the light that is you. Let this Christmas, Lord, wake up my soul. Let me see things more clearly in the light that you provide for me, in the light that you are. St. John Chrysostom has a beautiful, very joyful Christmas homily that can help us in our prayer. What shall I say and how shall I describe this birth to you? For this wonder fills me with astonishment. The Ancient of Days has become an infant. He who sits upon the sublime and heavenly throne now lies in a manger. And he who cannot be touched, who is simple without complexity and incorporeal, now lies subject to the hands of men. He who has broken the bonds of sinners is now bound by an infant's bands. But he has decreed that ignominy shall become honor, infamy be clothed with glory, and total humiliation the measure of his goodness. Lord, like the blind man, we ask you, Lord, that I may see, Domine Urvidiam. I want to see you, Lord, in my mental prayer. I want to see you in the child. I want to see you in the host when I go to Mass this Christmas season. To see you, Lord, is to be filled with hope, but we need faith to grasp this mystery. The Ancient of Days, God who's eternal, who always was, is now, and always will be, God who always was, ageless, has become an infant. He who sits upon the sublime and heavenly throne now lies in a manger. The glory of God, the majesty of God, the ruler of the whole universe, the Lord of all that is, lies in a manger. And a manger, we know, is a trough. I think sometimes we think, oh, manger is a word, a fancy Christmas word for a crib. <laughs> no, it's a trough. It's a place where, where the animals were fed. And so Joseph had to clean it out and put fresh straw down and put a blanket down and then lay the baby in it. Let Our Lady lay the child in that manger, a place where animals frequently eat. What humility God shows us in the Incarnation. Why, Lord, do you humble yourself this way? Why do you lower yourself this way? The answer is love, to love us and to be loved by us so that we can approach him in a child. What's more, approach, what's more approachable than an infant? What's more lovable than an infant? He who cannot be touched, who is simple without complexity and incorporeal, now lies subject to the hands of men. He who has broken the bonds of sinners is now bound by an infant's bands. Right? God, St. Augustine says, God, whom the, whom the universe could not contain, is contained in the womb of a woman. God, who's spiritual, who's immaterial, and himself, without a body, becomes bodily, takes on a body, so that he can be held and received by us in communion and passed from Mary to Joseph and from Joseph in our prayer to us. 
to see God in this way, Lord, to see you as an infant is a great mystery. God is the Word. The Son of God is the Word. And the Word in the child is speechless. The Word in the child speaks no words, no physical words. And yet, nevertheless, the Word always has a message for us. The Word always has meaning. The Word is always speaking. And so what do you say, Lord? What are you telling us by your Word becoming wordless, by your being a Word without speech? What does God tell us in the child? And I think, Lord, to see you as an infant is to hear you tell us a couple of things. In the first place, you're telling us, I'm harmless. I only want what's good for you. You can trust me. An infant means no harm. An infant is innocent. If anything, Lord, showing up in a child, if you want anything, you're telling us, I want your heart. I want you to love me. Babies are adorable. They steal our heart. They invoke our compassion. So our God showing up as a baby, the, the word showing up without words is telling us, love me, I'm lovable. Don't be afraid of me. Give me your heart. Give me your trust. For this he assumed my body, St. John Chrysostom goes on, that I may become capable of his word, taking my flesh, he gives me his spirit. And so he bestowing and I receiving, he prepares me for the treasure of life. He takes my flesh to sanctify me, he gives me his spirit, that he may save me. Salvation is here. The name Jesus, we know, means God saves. And the name Emmanuel, which is his special name for Christmas, means God with us. God is with us. Come then, let us observe the feast. Truly wondrous is the whole chronicle of the nativity. For this day the ancient slavery is ended, the devil confounded. The demons take the flight, the power of death is broken. Paradise is unlocked. The curse is taken away. Sin is removed from us, error driven out. Truth has been brought back, the speech of kindliness diffused and spreads on every side. A heavenly way of life has been implanted on the earth. Angels communicate with men without fear, and men now hold speech with angels. The wonderful change that our Lord has come to bring us, salvation, eternal life, a new life in Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your birth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful triumph of the Incarnation. The ancient slavery to sin is ended. The devils confounded. The demons take flight. Sin is removed from us. And all this is carried out by an infant. All this is carried out, Lord, by humility, by your becoming dependent who are causeless by your becoming limited, who in yourself and your divinity is limitless. All this is brought about by an infant, something that is small, something insignificant in the eyes of the world, something easily overlooked. Lord, help me not to underestimate the power of my small and humble Christian life. You want to become incarnate again, Lord, in each one of us, no matter how small or humble our lives may seem in the eyes of the world. This is how God works. 
You are the salt of the earth. Salt is small and disappears into the food. Lord, help me to have this faith that you you can show up in the in, in the most unexpected places, the most seemingly inappropriate places, in a manger, in this in this town, Bethlehem, in that in that country of Israel, just an outpost in the Roman Empire at the time. And so, Lord, if you can show up in a manger in this humble place, help me to have the faith that you can and want to show up in my life, in the manger of my heart, in the stable of my life. Many great things, St. Josemaria says in the way, many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. That goes for each and every one of us, no matter how humble or small we are in the eyes of the world, no matter how small the things we do every day. Our Lord has entered history to enter our lives. We could be daring in our prayer this whole Christmas season. We go to Mary, the great heroine of this story, and we're bold and we ask her, Mary, can I hold the child now? And she, with great love for us and love for him, like any mother, says, okay, but but be careful. He's very young. Treat him well. And being close to the fire for warmth, we get close to Mary and Joseph and they let us hold you, Lord, hold you in our arms. And we want to hold you with tenderness. We want to hold you with love. We want to hold you with this great desire to to let you totally into our lives, to change everything, change everything about me, Lord. Our Lady, our Mother, Mother of the Word Incarnate, Pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.